Welcome to Working in the Weeds. I'm Christine Krebs, Education and Training Specialist at the UF IFAS Center for Aquatic and Invasive Plants. And today I'm chatting with Dr. James Leary. Born and raised in Michigan, Dr. Leary earned his bachelor's in horticulture from Michigan State University. After that, he moved to Maui and earned both his master's in horticulture and PhD in molecular ecology from the University of Hawaii. Following his degree program, Dr. Leary was asked to stay at the University of Hawaii as an associate professor where he worked on a variety of tropical weed management projects, with one of his favorite projects being helicopter treatments with herbicide pellet guns. After 20 years of working with tropical weeds in Maui, Dr. Leary and his family moved back to the mainland in 2019. Today, Dr. Leary is an assistant professor for the University of Florida Agronomy Department out here at the Center for Aquatic and Invasive Plants. Here, his mission is to extend knowledge and technology that help with effective invasive plant species management in natural and managed landscapes. So, without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Dr. James Leary. Thank you for being here with us, Dr. Leary. To get started, we just want to have our listeners kind of get to know you a little bit as a researcher and scientist. So do you want to share with us your background as a researcher? So I'm assistant professor at the Center of Aquatic Invasive Plants. I've been doing this for about 20 to 25 years. I started at the University of Hawaii, where I got my master's and PhD. Eventually, that rolled into an opportunity to become an assistant professor at the University of Hawaii, where I was stationed on the island of Maui, where I focused on invasive plant management. And we focused on a variety of uh, very important invasive plant species that were introduced to the islands, protecting conservation lands, endangered species. So I have a lot of experience in the terrestrial world. My current appointment here at the University of Florida is focusing on invasive plants in aquatic systems. So now we're going from this mountainous, luxuriant, uh, uh, terrestrial environment in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. We come back to the mainland and uh, relocate to another subtropical environment in the state of Florida, where now we're in Gainesville, myself and my family, um, and I'm focusing on aquatic plant management. Wow. So from Maui to the mainland is what you called it, right? That's right. Um, and you started your sort of endeavor of becoming a scientist at the University of Hawaii. But where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Well, that's a, that's a good question. So I'm not actually from Hawaii. Okay. I've lived there for 20 years. But wow. prior to that, I was born and raised in Michigan, uh, from Alma, Michigan, which is right in the middle of the mitten. If we were in video, I'd show you on my hand. Um, and uh, graduated from high school and went to the uh, Michigan State University, where I majored in horticulture. So we had to seek out internships. And most of my student peers would take internships at orchards or farms mm. uh, around the state. Um, I had an interest in going elsewhere and exploring other opportunities. So a little bit of background. My my mom is born and raised on Maui in Hawaii. Oh, okay. And so I have family there. And so I was always interested in staying in touch with them. I visited only a handful of times. So I didn't know them very well. But I thought this was an opportunity to explore internship opportunities in Hawaii. So started looking for op uh, internship opportunities and reached out to other horticulture faculty at the University of Hawaii, just with the idea of if they knew of anything or any opportunities. Well, lo and behold, one of them was very impressed with my approach to asking yeah. these, this very simple question and said, well, I don't know of any internship opportunities, but I do have an assistantship. Would you consider graduate school? 
I had no idea what you he was talking about. That. That's right. <laughs> so I was like, this is too good to be true. So I was like, weed science at the University of Hawaii. I'm going to be living in the islands and getting paid to go to school. That's too good to be true. Wow. And it to me, what stands out is that you took the initiative as an undergrad to kind of seek something out. Why not? And it just turned into this huge experience. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, in a kind of a funny story, I'm dating myself here, but this was in the mid nineties when this uh, was going on. And, uh, and so this was when email was first coming out. So they, he was so impressed with my emailing abilities. (laughs) I was so technologically advanced that he was very impressed and thought I'd make a really good graduate student. (laughs) And look at you now, professor. So he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. That's so I'm still pretty good at emails too. But anyways, so I lived on Oahu for 12 years, did my master's and PhD, and then it was hired on as a a full-time professor, as an assistant with research and extension appointments, similar to what I have now. Uh, And they relocated me to Maui, where I focused on invasive plant management. Oh, wow. Interesting. And so when you were on the island of Maui, working on all these different projects, what was like your favorite one that stood out to you? Problem, Mike. They called it the purple, uh, the purple plague. Oh. Yeah, there was an immediate need to eliminate as many and all myconia because of the impacts it was causing. Hmm. So my research really focused on coming up with immediate solutions to dire situations, problems of invasive plants that were rapidly degrading our conservation land. So we did not have the luxury to study something for 20 or 30 years, and hopefully maybe something good could come out of it. We kind of have to hit and respond and Mm -hmm. come up with immediate solutions because the problem is now. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, a lot of focus is in conservation lands that are generally inaccessible. So when we talk about Hawaii, the topography is very extreme. So mm-hmm. very mountainous, you know, you can go from sea level to 10,000 feet on Maui, uh, in a matter of an hour, if you drive up the switchbacks, wow. um, otherwise most of it is inaccessible by foot traffic or vehicle. It's only accessible by air, usually with helicopters. So a lot of helicopter work being done on Maui. Um, and so they were challenged by a particular species, which is called Myconia, Myconia calvescens. It's a shrub tree that was introduced from South and Central America. And like many of the invasive species, it was a very attractive plant, it had this nice purple underside and it had a really nice canopy. And what they forgot to find out was that it also produced millions of propagules. <laughs> and also birds love to eat it. And so you, it produces a million seed that are the size of a, a grain of sand. Mm-hmm. The birds eat it and they can fly a mile away, deposit it somewhere else. And then you got a problem in a little over 20 years. A little recipe for disaster. Oh, yeah. Big recipe, right. Uh, very successful recipe actually. <laughs> So it was recognized in the 90s that it was a problem. It was introduced in the 70s, which means the horse is out of the barn. Mm -hmm. There was immediate actions to aggressively try to control it. Uh, The problems were myconia is very difficult to control because it spreads so fast. The other problem, as I already mentioned, is the topography. So Mm -hmm. you put those two together and you have a problem that's largely very inaccessible. Mm -hmm. So... Early strategies were developed using helicopters and using what are called long line sprayers. So using herbicides very discriminately where they could treat individual plants. And so this long line was literally a hose that was dis- that was distended from the bottom of the helicopter where there was a tank of herbicide. Huh. And so they could fly over and treat individual plants. 
So helicopters uh, flying with long lines, you can imagine this is very complicated. Yeah. Uh, some of the best pilots in the world are located on Maui. They do very complicated work doing this kind of these kind of activities. Uh, it's also very slow and methodical. So it was the only tool they had. So it was otherwise very effective, mm -hmm. but very slow, very costly. They were spending probably a million dollars a year in helicopter operations just to try to maintain what they could, knowing that ultimately they were coming close to losing the battle. Mm -hmm. So I, I come into the picture. They've been doing this for a decade before I even showed up. Mm -hmm. So I, I've as an observer, as an extension agent, getting connected with my stakeholder groups, learning about how they're doing this. I learned a ton. I was like, this is amazing stuff. This is really interesting. And it really tuned me into the value of surveillance and generating data and information to support decisions on how to treat. So that was really cool. And it inspired uh, developing a technology that could enhance the surveillance and their management by developing technologies that could more efficiently use their helicopter time. So I developed a technology called herbicide ballistic technology. And this is as it sounds, <laughs> where we take herbicide and encapsulate it into small projectiles, these gelatin capsules. They're the same way that you would make paintballs, right? So everyone's familiar with paintball uh, guns. That's, uh, that's what I'm envisioning right now. So HBT. <laughs> Herbicide ballistic technology, encapsulating small amounts of herbicide, measured amounts. And so it was literally going out with HBT systems. And now we're combining surveillance with treatment. So because it was portable, we could carry it on the aircraft versus carrying this 100-foot hose. Yeah. And, you know, weight is a big deal. So if you have a 100-gallon tank and a 100-foot hose... You can't have a lot of other people on the aircraft. It's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this sounds like your technology and innovation and then what you were able to learn with your experience there kind of led to this little technology that changed how they approach it in Hawaii now, right? That's right. That's and really cool. It, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so, again, so with HBT, what we're able to do is not only, you know, be able to become more economical with our helicopters, we could treat plants that otherwise were untreatable with the, the previous spray system. And also, was there maybe less herbicide use then as well because the pellets were just a little bit more... Highly accurate. Con uh, concentrated? Correct. Okay. Yep, that's cool. right. So three really uh, big benefits then. That's right. Yeah. So thinking about having been in Maui and bringing this technology forth for this state and helping them solve that uh, weedy problem, right? What do you see kind of moving forward as a researcher here now at Florida? HBT worked for Hawaii. Now we're figuring out what are the problems in Florida, and they're they're different. It's a different landscape. It's a different culture, and especially with the extension. We really want to develop a relationship. These The people that we work with, either through public agencies or private applicators, et cetera, who are focused on aquatic plant management, you know, they, they're able to inform what their problems are. To me, it sounds like you just got here relatively just got here, right? And yeah. as a researcher, a large part of it is really getting to know the environment in which you are exploring and researching and informing. And being someone who, you know, has spent a lot of time in Hawaii, you have an awareness of a place that is vulnerable to invasives, just mm -hmm. like Florida is. But like you also stated, Florida is not the exact same as Hawaii in a lot of different ways as well. Florida's flat. 
the topography's right different. The water is different. We have a lot of fresh water and springs and estuaries. And then the private applicator versus public agencies and kind of navigating this sort of environment and culture within Florida mm-hmm. is a job in and of itself and kind of understanding that. So what is how's that been for you, like working with, with um, those stakeholders? It's been an amazing experience. I mean, it's really fascinating. The aquatic environment is, you know, we talk about topography and it's easy to say, you know, Florida's flat. Let's remember, there's a third dimension when you're talking about aquatics. Lake systems have depths. Mm-hmm. So we're, it's the negatives, you know. It's yeah. like where I'm climbing mountains, now I'm digging into. <laughs> Below sea yeah, level. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's a lot of fun. It's And it it's fun because it is more challenging than I realized. This is very complicated. You need to understand where plants are located, you know, the ecology and the morphology of this lake system. There's a lot of moving parts Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of consequences in any direction, whether you decide to do nothing or you decide to do something. You know, in Florida's we're talking about lake management, you're talking about 18% of the surface area is Mm -hmm. fresh water. You're talking about uh, 30 million people that live in Florida. We're very connected to these freshwater systems. Yeah, and that's, for our listeners, that's what we're hoping this podcast becomes, a way for Dr. Leary and the other faculty members at the center to kind of jump on and have a conversation to clarify what's going on with the waters on in Florida and uh, plant management in general. That's right. Yeah. Well, and so in, in it, at that point exactly, aquatic plant management is in action, but really what we're promoting is information. Okay, so as we wrap up this episode, Dr. Leary, is there one thing about aquatic or invasive plants that you would like our listeners to know? I think where where my head is at today is we talk about management, we talk about decisions, we talk about the human interactions to invasive plant management. Invasive plants are a human problem. People that have chosen the profession of aquatic plant management, these are people who are as concerned or more concerned than the general public. We have to show them respect. We have to understand that they make difficult decisions on very complicated situations. Yeah, those that's beautifully said. I, I, I know some friends who are biologists and it's just this boots on the ground can be daunting, but they care so much about their job and they take so much pride in it. Thanks for listening to Working in the Weeds. Check out our show notes for more information about the topics discussed in this episode. If you have any questions or ideas for the podcast, email us at cape at ifis.ufl.edu. That's C-A-I-P at ifis.ufl.edu. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rating and review. Stay tuned for more episodes as we continue to turn science into solutions.